Amen, amen, amen. Well, praise the Lord. You're glad to be in church. Wow. You are the crew. Amen. Strong and dynamic and amazing. Energized with God. Amen. Hallelujah. Go over to Psalm 133. I want to talk a little bit more about uh, the, the unity that we possess and that we walk in in the Spirit and a little bit about DNA and a little bit about uh, who God has called us to be. Amen? Aren't you glad to be called out by God? Aren't you glad to be called out by God? Yeah? Isn't it exciting to walk with Him? Amen? Psalm 133, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren, for brothers and sistren too, to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head coming down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard coming down upon the edge of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon coming down upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing. One translation says, for there the Lord commands the blessing. How many of you know if God commands something, it can't be stopped? If God commands something, that's a pretty good deal. If God, if God commands something, I mean, look, look what's happened to us. Look what's happened to us. Look what's come out of 12, 12 disciples. 12 disciples. What's come out of 12 disciples? Something that has encompassed the whole earth. Isn't that amazing? This is the largest multi-level marketing plan ever to come. And it is totally, totally uh, 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 insured and uh, 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 verified and signified with God's wondrous working power, His signs and wonders, His goodness, and, and all that has transpired in society, in culture, in life since the first advent, for, since the coming of the Lord is significant. It's amazing. He's literally brought humanity out of darkness and in the light. Isn't that awesome? I was thinking this morning a little bit about, uh, we reflected last week, I was thinking this morning a, a little bit about, um, you know, the, the Muslim problem, or we might say the radicalized Muslim problem. But I was thinking also that what, what a great opportunity for us to share our faith. You know, uh, that because Jesus is so good and, be, and God is so good and the way he transforms our lives is so good. Anybody got a life transformed in this place this morning? Anybody's life been transformed? Anybody's life been transformed into more goodness? Anybody got more peace than they used to have? More, better sleep than they used to have? Come on, somebody. Jesus is the greatest sleep apnea medicine there is. Right there, right there. Come on. He is so good to us. Amen? So we have such a, 
we have such, and I, and I want you to have this as we think about DNA. We've been touching on DNA. We've been talking a little bit about some of the things off of the DNA of, of our church. And the reason we are, and I believe it's part of it is important, is that we just Look at some of the things that make us unique, that set us apart, that bring us together, that even give us cause to rally together in unity over. And, and part, of, part of that is, you know, part of, part of us coming together in unity is we get into a place where God commands the blessing. Isn't that cool? Uh, some things we've discovered. Um, this doesn't say that you have to have perfect theology for God to command the blessing. This doesn't say you have to have perfect leadership for God to command the blessing. This doesn't say you have to be perfect people for God to command the blessing. As a people, and uh, all of us are in, we're literally in the journey toward the deeper things in God, right? We're, we're, and we read it last week out of Second Corinthians 3, there at the end of the passage, verse 18. We're going from faith to faith and thus glory to glory as we behold Him. And so, so part of what we understand is that as we are on this journey, but unified in the journey, as we're unified in the journey, that we create an atmosphere where God commands the blessing. Isn't that cool? God commands the blessing. And part of this, part of this is unity and, you know, uh, now I'm going to steal the title of the book we're all going to read, but unity means we're all in. Unity means this is my team. Unity means I'm rallied around this. Unity means, uh, and it even means like the word amen that we say. It, it means so be it. I, I, I'm in agreement. And it's that place where we, where we have unity. Something crazy happens when we have unity. And if that's true, how many of you know the enemy wants to steal Unity. And if, if God commands the blessing where there's unity in Jesus, and as we're following him to the best of our ability, and we're all in and we're pursuing him with our whole heart, and we're running after him, if God commands the blessing in that place, aside from perfect theology and perfect people, how many of you know that God, how many of you know the enemy wants to find the imperfection and bring it to the forefront that he might tear apart the unity. So Paul says it several times, you know, Paul says, preserve, preserve the bond of unity. Preserve the bond of unity. Be of a lowly spirit. Be of a same spirit. Be, be of, a, 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 of a servant spirit toward one another that you would preserve the bond of unity. I'm reading about uh, I'm reading about Stephen, and I'm reading about Philip, and I'm thinking about you know the body. Uh, one of the DNA the DNA thing that I want to talk on today is uh, a part of our culture here is that the ministry belongs to you. This is this is part of our and it's on our DNA sheet. And if you didn't get our DNA sheet today, 
uh, we, want, uh, we want to get that to you. Uh, so this is part one of DNA. And uh, the last one, the last, the last part of kind of defining our culture here. In other words, we want you to bleed with this. We want you to produce with this. We want you to have this in your heart. We want you to have this as philosophy and perspective. Do you need one of these? Who needs a DNA sheet? Put up a hand. The ushers will bring you one right now. Just put up a hand. They'll bring these to you. Get this to you. Uh, We'll have more of this online. And we'll have uh, part two online. So there's a part two. There's a part one. There's a part two. And this is, it's not doctrinal statements, so to speak. It's not, it's not so much the essence of salvation or the essence of our doctrinal statements, but this is more the core of how we think, the core of how we view Christianity, the core of how we view the church, the, the core of our heart. And, and it really defines uh, the, the, the structure of our cellular composition. This is who we are. As a people, this is the culture here. And one of the things that I want to talk to you about this morning, the the primary thing is that our culture here is that the ministry belongs to the people. The ministry belongs to the people. The ministry doesn't belong to the clergy. The ministry doesn't belong to the clergy. The the ministry belongs to the people. That you and I, that we are, that you are the ministers. That That you are the ministers of the Lord Jesus Christ. That everywhere you go, you walk out the ministry. That that you have the grace of Jesus on you, that when He distributed gifts, He distributed gifts to every single believer. I'm, I'm grateful for the word. I'm grateful for the word of the seven mountains. I'm grateful for the word that we have anointings to lead, to serve, to conquer. We have anointings in the mountains of culture. I'm grateful for that. In, in the mountain of finance, in the mountain of government, in the mountain of education, in the mountain of family. I'm grateful for that. But at the core, I really believe that God wants you to know that you're a minister first. That you're a representative, you're an ambassador of Jesus first. That, and that the very thing that he's gifted you to do, enabled you to do, the skill, the talent, the mountain that he's sent you into, is simply an opening of his very testimony into the marketplace. It doesn't mean you're not a minister. It means that you have a place to minister. Did you hear that? It doesn't mean you're not a minister. It means you have a place to minister. And I was thinking about Philip and and Stephen, and I was reading about them a little bit. Uh, and just one thing that really stirred me. Let's go over to Acts chapter, Acts chapter six and Acts chapter eight. Is this okay? I just I know that God is jealous over His house. God is jealous over the ministry of Jesus. 
He's jealous over his house and over the ministry of Jesus in that he wants this to be so important to you. And I'm preaching to the choir today because you showed up. You actually told him it's important to you today. So, so you can actually shout louder than everybody that's not here because you actually came and you actually said, this is real important to me. This is really important to me. And you said it by your coming today. And that doesn't mean if you miss next week that you're... That you're not saying that. I'm not. There's no condemnation here. We're not trying to walk in condemnation or stir or issue condemnation or arouse uh, 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 obedience through condemnation. I just want to praise you that you're here. I want to affirm you that you're here. But I do want to say that Jesus is so jealous over his house. He's jealous over his bride. God is jealous over his house and the bride for his son. He, he just wants this to be foremost in our hearts. It doesn't mean that we aren't surgeons. It doesn't mean we aren't real estate agents. It doesn't mean we aren't chiropractors. It doesn't mean we aren't bankers or contractors or iron workers or mechanics. It doesn't mean that. But it means in the midst of all of that, at the foremost of our heart is his house and his ministry. At the foremost of all of that. And we're always looking. We're always looking for an opportunity. We're always, we're always watching. We always acknowledge. We always know that the very thing that he's set us in is a leverage for his ministry to expand and to grow and for his light to be shown forth. So we love his ministry. We love his house. We love his house. He's jealous over his house. His house is the chief house. How many of you know that? Did you know the finance house is not the chief house? The government house is not the chief house. Did you know that? The house of education is not the chief house. The chief house is his house. We'll read a scripture about that in a minute. But I want you to look at Acts chapter 6. This is cool. This is Stephen. Now at this time the disciples were increasing in number. And a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews. Hellenistic are the Greek or the Grecian Jews. Those with Greek or Grecian roots. And so they, they were complaining because there was something happening here. And their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. So there was, there was a food bank. How many of you know that food banks didn't start with New Horizon? A food bank started right here, way back here. Isn't that cool? Look at that. Wow. Food bank history right here. And so they, they brought this complaint and... So the twelve summoned the congregation of the disciples. The congregation was pretty large, by the way, right? We've already had 3,000 saved, and then we had another several thousand saved. And so they summoned the congregation of disciples, and they said, It is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Spirit and of wisdom. Isn't that interesting? Why wouldn't we pick those who weren't full of the Spirit? I mean, this is a, this is a pretty lowly job. I mean, this is, this is, this is uh, we're going to line some folks up. We're going to set up some tables. I mean, I, really, personally, I'm too good for this. I don't know about you. I'm full of the Spirit and full of wisdom. I'm way too good for this. 
What we're going to do, we're going to line up some tables in the back, and then we're going to set some food out, right? And like widows and orphans and needy folks and po- folks that are like low, fi- low on finances, they're going to come through the food line. We're going to serve them. I'm way too good for that. I've got several f- uh, sick folks to heal and... Why did they say select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom, who we may put in charge of this task, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word? Isn't that interesting that, they, that even in the food distribution, they wanted those who were full of the spirit and full of wisdom? This, this tells me that at every level of the ministry, that we, we never get too good, too high and mighty, too amazing, too stellar, too starstruck to reach and to do what needs to be done. That could mean mopping the floor. That could mean sweeping the parking lot. That could mean moving some chairs. That could mean... And how many of you know that, that, that we need chair movers who are full of the Spirit and full of wisdom? We need floor moppers who are full of the Spirit and full of wisdom. We need shuttle drivers who are full of the Spirit and full of wisdom. It's interesting. I mean, we shouldn't really look around for those who aren't quite full of the Spirit. They're only half full. And, and, and they're really lacking wisdom. And say, Would you go drive shuttle for us today? I mean, we don't want to pick on anybody that's full of the Spirit and full of wisdom. they got big life to live. Boy, howdy. I mean, these are like stars in the church. I mean, we got their names in lights, LED lights up here. Isn't that interesting? I mean, it's just interesting. And and then on the other hand, you know, can we get too puffed up? Can we get too proud? Can we get too full of ourselves? Can we get too set apart in our own estimation that we just we can't we can't stand there and give a box of food out? Just look at your neighbor and say he's talking to you right now. <laughs> oh, I guess you were supposed to say he's talking to me right now. That's right, that's right. What am I thinking? What am I thinking? So this statement found approval with the whole congregation, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Par- Parmesan. He was the first cheesemaker. I'm messing with you now. Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, and these they brought before the apostles, and after praying, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God kept spreading, and the number of disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem, and many of the priests were becoming obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of grace and of power, was performing great wonders and signs among the people. So we're talking about we're talking about, and these, this was the beginning of deacon ministry, by the word, way the word deacon means minister. Not highly complicated. The word deacon means minister. This was the beginning of the deacon ministry where there came, un, under the authority of the apostles, there came others who had their authority and had their hands laid on him, on them that they might carry out 
the, the practical ministry of serving and distributing and caring for. But yet we see that these deacons were not like, and this is what I want you to see, the common thing, the, the everyday believer, the everyday believer, even the distributor of food at the food line, is one and could be one and should be one who is fully anointed by the Holy Spirit and anointed with wisdom. Amen? Now those of us that are serving at any level, toilet serving, kitchen serving, coffee bar serving, nitro serving, kingdom kids serving, parking lot serving, any of us that are serving at any level, we should not think for a moment that the, that the deep things of God are not available to us. Oh, I'm just a lowly one. We shouldn't think for a moment that signs and wonders, that power, that grace, that wisdom is not available for us because we don't, uh, we don't uh, mix with the, uh, those on the front row and we, uh, we don't have our name in that uh, bulletin the thing that they distribute and, uh, and our name is not uh, on the website uh, as one who is significantly important. And... No, Stephen... Stephen was one who was just serving, and Stephen was one who was anointed with grace and with power. And so this means that, that when, wherever you're at in the body, with the body, serving at the house or serving outside of the house in your place in culture, that you have the potential to distribute the signs and wonders and goodness and power and grace and wisdom of God. It, it, but, but it also means, now a few of you are going to hear that and you're going to be like, you're going to believe that. And you're going to start soaking up more and you're going to start pressing more. You're going to start believing more. You're going to start praying more and spending more time with Father. Because as you sow to the Spirit, you reap to the Spirit. If you sow much to the Spirit, you reap much from the Spirit. And so the gifts begin to flow in your life. And you're going to hear that. Some of you are going to hear that. And, and it will be the ruin of you. Because the first time you see God do a sign or a wonder or a gift or an impartation or a prophecy or a, a word of wisdom through you, you're going to think you're something. And, and the moment you think you're something, you aren't going to want to serve in the food bank anymore or drive the shuttle anymore because you're, you're way too good for that. Haven't you seen that happen in churches? If, if you don't ruin you, we will ruin you because we will gasp. We will gasp when we hear the testimony of a sign and a wonder. When we see the testimony of a sign and a wonder, we will gasp and we will think, oh, the gods are among us. And we will promote you to some level that you're not ready for. So we will ruin you. Why don't, why don't we not do either one of those things? Why don't you not ruin you and we don't ruin you? Why don't you just be content in the goodness of God that's being distributed through you and that he's given you an opportunity to serve and he's given you grace to serve and then let him promote you in due season? Wow. Does that sound right? I kind of like that. Philip is another one. Philip is one of the first deacons who's appointed and uh, then it says when Saul brought great persecution against the church 
It says the church was scattered. So Satan meant to do something very harmful, and it backfired again. He's like food, uh, you know, he's like leftovers before Tupperware. We put everything in foil. Well, curses, he was foiled again. Whew, that was bad corn right there. So a great persecution breaks out against the church, and instead of it ruining the church, all of these powerhouses are distributed, and Philip, this is Acts chapter 8, and Philip goes to Samaria. And when he goes to Samaria, he begins to operate in signs and wonders, he begins to heal, he begins to minister, and great things begin to happen. But he was just a deacon. He was just a deacon. See, see, don't be disgruntled where you're at in the house, in the kingdom, in the church. Don't be disgruntled where you're at. Just continue to press into Jesus because it's all about him. And it's his gifts that are being distributed. He wills in every generation to distribute his gifts. He wills, so when we come to God through Him, not only do we get born of the Spirit, and so our spirit is regenerated, but, but also He distributes His gifts to us. There comes an outpouring, there comes an anointing of Jesus upon us as we continue to pursue Him and open up our hearts to Him and say yes to Him. And so His gifts are distributed to us And that's what makes Christianity super, super fun. That it doesn't matter where you're at in your journey. It doesn't matter where you're at or how long you've been doing this. It doesn't matter where you're serving or what you're called to do in the body or in culture. His gifts are available for you. And literally all you have to do is look to Him. And maybe shout grace over yourself a few times. Grace. Come on, I love this Zechariah 4 because, you know, uh, we can all get caught up in whining and complaining and criticizing and analyzing. And we can all get caught up in why, why me and why this and why that. And we can all look at what God's put in our heart and what, what we seem to burn for. You ever burnt for something? That's it, three of you. Two oh yes and three head nods. Okay, that's five of you. Have you ever burnt for something besides the spouse you're sitting by right now? Have you ever burnt for something? Well, well, God's grace, God's grace is released not as you doubt and question and wonder and, and uh, walk in frustration, but as you shout grace to the very thing that He's called you to. Amen? So Philip goes down to Samaria, and there's a great revival there. And again, it's just the point is, is that Philip began, Philip began as a deacon. Not a deacon of counting the money. That'd be kind of cool. Not a deacon, a deacon of the food ministry. He's a deacon of the food ministry. How do we get these food? How do we get this food to the people? How do we care for the hungry? How do we care for the hungry? How do we care for the needy? How, how do we meet more needs? How do we bear witness to Jesus by distributing what we've got? Let's be a blessing to somebody. 
Let's rack our brains, seven of us, get together. Let's pray over this. You know why they need to be full of the Holy Spirit? Because in every area of the church, even cleaning the church, it's spiritual warfare. In every area of the church, those that are involved in the church, they should come together and they should pray and they should hold hands and they should pray in the Spirit and they should prophesy over one another and prophesy over the cleaning and over the chairs and over the carpet and over... Oh, I thought we were just doing something natural. I thought we were just cleaning the building. You mean do we have to get spiritual? Have to. Stop talking like that. We get to be spiritual. If we make everything an element, a ministry, a distribution of the ministry of Jesus, if we bring it all under his umbrella, there's so much more power. There's so much more grace. He gets involved in it because it is his, and we welcome him in the midst of it. You mean the ushers could come early and like have a little usher prayer meeting and like kind of circle up and kind of like hold hands and then kind of walk in the rows and then kind of welcome Jesus in the midst of the ushering? Did you know the ushering team can do better when they've prayed together than they can when they haven't? Offerings increase exponentially. I don't know about that. I'm just talking. Some of you got scared and said, don't let him pray. (laughs) What? 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 You're going to see the ushers gathered up in the back corner. Break it up. Break it up quick. Offerings are increasing exponentially. Every team, everything, every endeavor, every endeavor, when we welcome Jesus in the midst of it, when we dedicate it to Him, when we get involved as His word of the, the prophetic, we get involved in His word, the prophetic word over that ministry, that ministry, we begin to shout grace. Now, the shout of grace is not just one word. Again, it's kind of like the Lord's Prayer is not your prayer. The Lord's Prayer is an outline. The word grace, the word grace encapsulates all that Zerubbabel was called to do. And it it literally means coming into agreement that that which he's called to do is being released out of the heavens to do it. And, and then he gives us this crazy prophetic picture that when you come into, when Zerubbabel would come into agreement, oil would flow out of the olive trees. The prophetic assigned ones, the angelic assigned ones would release oil to flow into his belly that would burn within him and the zeal and the power to do it would come to pass. So when we're saying, say, grace to something, like you're gathering up and you're saying grace, you know, over, you know, this could be the shortest prayer ever. The usher team gathers up, shortest prayer ever. We gather up, pastor said, just say grace. All right, all right, say, grace! You know, this could be even shorter if we all shouted it at the same time. On the count of three. One, two, three, ten ushers. Grace! They all shout. Okay, we're done. Amen in Jesus' name. It's literally taking the concept. It's taking the concept of grace 
fulfillment, completion, enrichment, ability, favor. What's grace mean? It's literally taking the concept and declaring the concepts over over this. So we begin to say, everybody's going to find a great seating today. And somebody else says, yes, there's going to be an anointing on every row today. And everybody, somebody else says, Jesus, we welcome you. We welcome your peace over our gathering. And, 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 and even the placement of every single person in the auditorium today. And then somebody else says, and we just welcome you and we declare you just cause the distribution even of the envelopes and the connection cards just to go smoothly. And then somebody else Then somebody else says, those who need a spouse will find that spouse today. They'll sit right by them. Okay, well, I don't know. Are you hearing what I'm saying about this declaration of grace, this declaration of grace, and and just coming into... See, God's got good in mind, and the good that God has in mind is released into manifestation. Oil flows as we come into agreement with that very thing. Oil flows in our own ministry. Oil flows in our own parenting. Oil flows in our own giving. Oil flows in our own endeavors. Oil flows in the place he's called us in culture. Oil flows, oil flows, oil flows, oil flows, and the watchers... The watchers who release the oil out of the olive trees from the very throne of God, those watchers are watching that our bowl would become full and that the spouts would be opened up so we would have the distribution of the Holy Spirit. The seven spouts, the seven candlesticks represents the Holy Spirit living within us, the Holy Spirit power, the Holy Spirit fire, the Holy Spirit enablement. We, we don't want to do any of this on our own. We want all of it to be with Him, by Him, through Him, for His glory. Can you say amen? Can you say amen louder? Woo! Micah chapter 4, verse 1. Um, you doing okay? Whew, this is, this, I love this stuff. This is good. This is good. You're good. You got here this morning to hear this good stuff. Isn't this fun? Thank you, Jesus. Micah chapter 4. I, I just think that, uh, I just think that, that Father loves what you're doing. He loves it when you've got his house in mind. He wants his house to be the chief house in all of culture. He wants his house to be the chief house in all of culture. He's ordained that his house would be the chief house in all of culture. He's ordained that his kids would be the chief kids in all of culture. You are the salt. You are the light. You are the head and not the tail. Literally, everything good is flowing out of you. 
Literally everything good. The Holy Spirit. You're the embodiment of the Holy Spirit. He chose to reveal Himself and His goodness through you. It's not just what you say. It's not even just what you do. You literally carry the essence of Him in your being. You literally, you literally are the cause for grace on the planet right now. Do you realize that? Your walk with Him and your abiding relationship in Him is the cause for goodness on the planet. He emanates out of you. You have an aura on your life that is literally felt on the planet. It's felt in the spirit realm. Wherever you go, He goes with you. Micah 4, and it will come about in the last days that the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains. This is a visual picture. He wants you to catch this picture. That of all the mountains of culture, all the mountains of society, it's the mountain of the house of the Lord that is established as the chief mountain. This is the mountain that you're knit to, the mountain that you traverse, the mountain that you climb, the mountain that you ascend, the mountain that you love, the mountain that you have encamped around. It will be raised above the hills and the peoples will stream to it and many nations will come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord and to the house of the God of Jacob that He may teach us about His ways that we may walk in His paths for from Zion will go forth the law and even the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. I mean, this whole passage is just amazing. I need the band to come. We need to prepare to close. In that day, jumping down, in that day declares the Lord, I will assemble the lame and gather the outcasts, even those who I have afflicted, and I will make the lame a remnant and the outcasts a strong nation, and the Lord will reign over them in Mount Zion from now on and forever. As for you, tower of the flock, hill of the daughter of Zion, to you it will come, even the former dominion will come, the kingdom of the daughter of Jerusalem. Now I need another hour to talk to you about... Uh, this, this has already happened, church. Stand with me this morning. This has already happened. Hebrews twelve twenty one and following says that we come to the heavenly Jerusalem, that we come to Zion. Yes, there's going to be a literal restoration of Jerusalem and of Zion. We come to a heavenly Jerusalem now. We come to, and we are children of, and let me read it to you. You have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and the myriads of angels, and to the general assembly of the church of the firstborn, who are enrolled in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and the spirits of the righteous made perfect. Church, God's already in the mood to make the mountain of the house of the Lord, the chief mountain. And that's the mountain you're knit to. And that's the mountain that you run to. And that's the mountain that you're hidden in. And that is the mountain that you assemble around. And that is the house that you love. And He loves it when you love His house. And when you love His house, then He builds your house. Oh, it's true. It's scriptural. 
because he's jealous over his house and he's jealous over his bride. He's jealous over his people. And when you let that jealousy burn within you, then you capture his heart and his attention. You capture his heart and his attention. And you become a channel for his anointing and a vessel for his oil. Heads bowed, eyes closed this morning all across the auditorium. I want to lead you in a prayer of agreement this morning, if we can. If you've come this morning to give your heart back to God, then I'm going to open these altars in just a moment. If you've come unsure of your place with God, if you've come this morning unsure of your purpose in God, unsure of what He's called you to, unsure of the unique call that He has for you in the years that you have remaining. You're you're like, I I just want want the years left in my life to count. I want them to be meaningful. I, I want them to be significant. If that's you here this morning, then I want you to come. We want to pray with you this morning. And more than anything, what I want you to catch this morning is that he rejoices in your love for his house. He's called you and set you apart for ministry. That that we're never too high to minister. We're never too low for the gifts of the Spirit. That all of it is ours and all of it is meaningful. And that he sets us apart. That he might be glorified. And that good would happen and good would flow out of the church that he has brought forth. Father, we declare your blessing over the people today. And Lord, let us be like Stephen. Let us be like Philip today. Let us yearn. Let us pursue. Let us draw near to be anointed of the Spirit and to be full of wisdom. To be those who serve and are not ashamed to serve. Not ashamed to serve. Let us be like those who have a confidence that the place that you have us now is an open door for the ministry of Jesus. And we say yes to you. Come on, say that with me. Yes yes to your ministry, yes to your calling, yes to your enablement, yes to your grace on our lives. In Jesus' name.